0: John chapter 5. I won't preach the whole chapter to you. How about that? Is that all right? we just maybe do half the chapter. Is we'll that okay with you? We just, we'll just we we'll break it up in two parts. John 5, part 1 and part 2. And maybe we'll get out of here tonight. Amen. Okay, John chapter 5, verse 1. If you're there, say praise the Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Oh, God, lift up your hands. He's here. Yehona bahashida. Jesus, we worship you, God. We worship you. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory to the Lamb. Jesus, you're awesome. We give you praise and glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Yes, Lord, I'm excited about the word of the Lord tonight. John chapter 5, verse 1. I think I'll go to chapter 4, verse 54. This again, the second miracle that Jesus did when he was come out of Judea into Galilee. So, now we come to the fifth chapter. This would be the third sign or third miracle that Jesus has done as far as recorded in the gospel of John. It would be fourth, the fourth sign if you include the cleansing of the temple. But according to the word of the Lord, the second sign was the healing of the nobleman's son. So this would make the third sign or miracle in the ministry of Jesus. So verse 1, After this there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep. It should be sheep gate, not market. It should be, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, or of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. For while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him, At that was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, He that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed wist not who it was, for Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. Afterward Jesus findeth him in the temple, and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole, sin no more, lest a worse thing come unto thee. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him whole. Therefore, did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay Him because He had done these things on the Sabbath day. Let's pray. Father, we come before You tonight. We thank You, Lord, for Your mighty, mighty Word and Your awesome presence. We put our confidence and our trust in You. Lord, we realize, Father, that if it wasn't for Your intervention, We would not be saved. We know, Lord, that we must depend upon You every day of our lives for deliverance. We give You all glory, honor, and praise in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Jesus at this point goes back to Jerusalem because it is a feast celebration. The Bible doesn't tell us what feast it is whether it's Passover, Pentecost, or Tabernacles, the Scripture doesn't say. But I believe that it is Passover. And I'll tell you why I believe it's Passover as we get to that point. So having that in mind, the Feast of the Jews, I believe to be Passover, He goes up to Jerusalem. Now He'd already departed once from Jerusalem because of the rejection that was going on there towards Him. And what I need to tell you by way of chronology is that when Jesus left Jerusalem if you would go back to chapter 4 in verse 3 he leaves Jerusalem or Judea and he goes up to Galilee but on his way to Galilee remember he went through Samaria now as he's leaving Jerusalem to go back to Galilee he's on his way through Samaria at that time chronologically is when John the Baptist is taken and imprisoned and later is beheaded so when you come to this chapter, John chapter five, you are coming to the end of the first year of the ministry of Jesus. This is the end of the first year. So he's making his way back to Jerusalem uh, because of the feast, as I said, Passover, in verse two, he said, "There is at Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda having five porches, the sheep gate is where, during Passover, they would bring the sheep that would be slaughtered and sacrificed. They would bring those sheep through that gate. Approximately one sheep out of a hundred would be slaughtered and then burnt as a burnt sacrifice. One out of a hundred. And the other ninety-nine they would take back out of the sheep gate and take them down into the Kidron Valley along with the blood that had been shed by those sheep. And they put the carcasses of the lambs, the Passover lambs um, that um, were slain, but not burnt. Uh, They took those carcasses and they put them in the Kidron Valley and there the poor of the people of Israel went and got these Passover lambs in the Kidron Valley and they ate these Passover lambs that were left over. The one out of a hundred that would be sacrificed, there would be more than one, was taken to this pool through the sheep gate, and they would wash these animals, including the hundred, the other 99, they'd wash them all inside of that pool right here. okay? But not all of them was burnt, that's my point. But all of the sheep on Passover were washed, that would be sacrificed, were washed in this pool at Bethesda. Bethesda means house of mercy, also house of flowing or house of pity. So, in connection to Passover, then you would have the washing of the lambs that would be burnt as a sacrifice unto the Lord. And so, I believe that it is Passover that is taking place here, and Jesus makes his way. And he specifically goes to this pool of Bethesda, the house of mercy, during this time. And the scripture tells us when he gets there, he looks around and he sees uh, this place, this pool, it's got five porches there. He sees laying around the pool a great multitude, the Bible says, of impotent folk. These people have no power, they have no strength. There are many of them. Uh, the impotent folk, their limbs have become uh, without strength. They, their muscles are not working properly. And so many of them cannot walk. They are impotent. They don't have strength. Amen. Uh, other reasons, other things going on in the muscles that would keep them in a place where they would not have power or they would not have strength. And so Jesus, as He continues to look, He also notices that there's some people around this pool, uh, the house of mercy. They are blind. They cannot see. And some are withered. Their hands are withered. They can't work. And they're all waiting for the moving of the water or the troubling of the water. This happened once a year. And this is why I say it happened that this is Passover. Because this troubling of the water historically happened only once a year and it happened during the Feast of Passover. And so when Jesus gets there, there, there are handpicked people that are laying around this Bethesda pool, the House of Mercy, where the Passover lambs would have been washed for sacrifice. And He sees people with no power. He sees people, the Bible says, they're withered, they can't work. He says... Bible says also uh, blind, they can't see. So they don't have the ability to walk, some of them. Some can't see, some of them can't work. And what are they waiting for? They're waiting for that miracle that happens once a year during the feast of Passover. And the miracle is associated, according to John here, with the troubling of the water. And they believed that the water was troubled by an angel that came down from God, and that angel would trouble the water, and it is a reality. Some people say, well, this is superstition. The Bible doesn't say this is superstition. Amen. If this was just superstition and it didn't happen, then why are these people around the pool waiting for the opportunity to get in the water? if all they had to do was look back a year's time and say, this is not reality, this is just superstition. I believe that this was a real, true event that took place. Okay? And these people that were there at that level of the water were hand-picked to be there that day. Okay? To have the opportunity to be healed. And so, they would wait, and the waters would be troubled, and they believed, as the Scripture says, an angel came down and troubled the water. And the first one that got inside of that water was healed. That one person. Nobody else got healed, but just that one person. So if you didn't have the ability to walk, you'd have to have somebody to carry you and throw, I guess, throw you off in the water, you know. Uh, obviously, obviously, if you can't see, you need somebody to lead you by the hand and show you where the pool is. They're all waiting around, you know, and they're waiting for the trouble in the water and that one opportunity to be healed, to get into that water as that angel is troubling that water. Just that one opportunity. The Bible says this man had been there or he was in this state, the Scripture tells us, for 38 years. I don't believe that he had been laying on that mat by the pool for 38 years that's a long time to be laying on a grass mat beside a pool. But he was in that condition for 38 years, the Bible tells us. If you look at it, the Bible says a certain man, says a certain man was there which had an infirmity 38 years. This word infirmity is a unique word. And I want to give it to you because you will not understand what I'm going to tell you, not if I don't explain the word infirmity. When you go into research, you will find out that this infirmity is connected to a sexual disease. It is a disease that is gained by sexual misconduct. Say praise the Lord. And so he's laying there on this mat in this condition with this infirmity. He's had it for 38 years. And in that culture, if you're not healed as a man... If you have this kind of disease, if you are not healed by the 38th year, they believe that you cannot be healed and that you are cursed of God Almighty. And so for 38 years, this man has been in this state, in this condition. And the Scripture tells us he's waiting for his opportunity to get inside that water because he believes if he can get in that water, that that water, that he would be instantly healed. Wow, say praise the Lord. But not only does this man have this infirmity, which is uh, some kind of disease connected to immorality, this man is a type of Israel. Because Israel wandered in the wilderness for 38 years. You said 40, but if you look at Deuteronomy, the first part of Deuteronomy, it said 38 years, and I'm not going to get into details here, all right? For 38 years. So this man here by this pool of Bethesda is a type of old Israel. And at this time, old Israel is impotent. It doesn't have power. Old Israel is withered in his hands. It can't work for God. It doesn't have the power of God in its life. It's blind. It cannot see. It has no spiritual vision. That is the condition that Israel is in at that time. And so when you look at that man, when Jesus saw that man 38 years in that condition, what you see is old Israel in miniature form. Impotent, powerless, no strength in them. They just had a form of religion. That was it. They couldn't walk. They couldn't work for God. They didn't know God. They couldn't see him. And so the Bible tells us this man laying there in that condition, waiting for the angel to come down into trouble with the water. The Bible says, and when Jesus saw him, say, when he saw him. And Jesus saw him. And it goes back to John chapter 2. Jesus knew what was in man. So now we see Jesus seeing another man. Just like He saw Nicodemus. Just like He saw the woman of Samaria. Just like He saw the nobleman there. The nobleman's son's condition. Now we see Jesus sees another man. He has the ability to see men. And He sees men, mankind, in a condition of no power with God. Blind, halt, lame, no ability. He sees in this man. Not just old Israel, but he sees you and me. Destitute. And what has created the condition is sin. And so now he comes and we see a man who is an example not just of old Israel, but he's an example of fallen man as a whole. A man who, uh, a people who have no power with God, uh, people who are diseased and afflicted in their bodies because of sin that has been done in their lives. Say praise the Lord. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. And so, verse 6 when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? That seems like an odd question to ask somebody who's laying by the pool waiting for the angel to come and trouble it so he can get inside of that and be healed by the power of God. It seems odd that Jesus would ask that man that. I ask you now listen you can look at me tonight but and act like you really got it together and you really you got the power of God and you're working for God and maybe some of you are. You're walking with God. You got, you're working for God. you got vision. You've got the power of God in your life. But There's some of you here tonight that are not in that uh, case with power. You, you're like this man laying by that pool right there. And you're waiting for an angel to come down and stir the water so you can get inside of that and you can be healed. Now, now what I need to help you see tonight is why would Jesus ask a question uh, with such an obvious answer? Wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? You know why he you know why he would ask that question? Is because there's a lot of people who don't want to be made whole. You know why they don't want to be made whole? Because as long as they stay in the condition they're in, they get a lot of pity. See, if I go to church and I get healed, I don't get the you know the government check anymore. So some people don't want to be made whole because they don't get the government check anymore. Some are y'all with me tonight? Some people don't want to be made whole because they want a pity party. Now, now listen to me, sit down, listen to me for just a minute. Let's say you have a sister in the church and she's on fire living for God. She loves the Lord with all her heart. And her husband is not a believer. And then all of a sudden, her husband who's not a believer comes into the church. He gets filled with the Holy Ghost. He starts living for the Lord and they both backslide. Why did they backslide? Why did she backslide? When her husband was in the world not living for God, she was on fire and she was living for the Lord. But now her husband comes in and she backslides. Why is that? Because... She loses the pity, the attention. Sister, I know how it is. I know you're married to that unbeliever, and I, I really feel sorry for you. And mm, mm, mm. You got my pity, and I'm praying for you. And, and uh, you know, attention, attention, attention. Uh, look at me, feel sorry for me, you know, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden, the husband comes in, he gets born again, and all that attention and all that pity that was coming to her from the church, she loses that and she backslides on God. See, there's some people that come to church tonight and they want you to feel sorry for them. So they'll sit there in their self-pity. That's, listen to me. Did you notice what came out of the mouth of the man? He said, no man. You know, I'm down here and I've laid on this this mat here and you know, I'm waiting for the angel to trouble the water. He said, but there's no man to help me. He's not only paralyzed, but he is feeling sorry for himself. You see what I'm telling you? So when Jesus approaches him, wilt thou be made whole? Or do you want to be made whole? See, Not everybody wants to be made whole because they're going to lose the pity that they were getting and people feeling sorry for them, you know. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I, I want everybody to be saved, but not at the cost of losing both of the husband and the wife. You hear what I'm telling you tonight? In some, believe it or not, in some cases it's better for that husband to stay an unbeliever. Because in some cases when he comes in the church, the woman backslides and you lose them both instead of just one of them. You hear what I'm telling you tonight? What I'm telling you is some women don't want their husbands to get saved because then they lose their status in the church. They lose somebody feeling sorry for them in the church if he comes in. Say amen, church, tonight. And, and I'm not saying that any of you here do not have that attitude or that spirit. I believe you all want your family to be safe. But I'm telling you, there's some cases they don't want to be made whole. For a multitude of reasons. Okay. Well, why are you laying there then? Say praise the Lord. Why would you come to church? Did you come to church for somebody to feel sorry for you? Did you come to church to get pity? Or did you come to church to be made whole? Will thou be made whole? You gotta make up your mind if you're gonna be full of self pity and feel sorry for yourself, or you come, I'm gonna be made whole in the name of Jesus. That's why he asked that question. Because there's a lot of people who don't want to be made whole. They want to continue being like they are and who they are. They want to continue creating messes. They want to be a mess. Are you here right now? They don't want to change. And so if you don't want to change, God can't change you. Just feel sorry for me. I've had a bad deal, you know. I've just, life's been tough on me. Uh, my life, if you just knew my life, I'm always getting the bad end of the stick, you know. It's just bad, just trouble. I'm always having trouble. That's just my life. Feel sorry for me. Wilt thou be made whole? Give God praise. Do you want to be made whole? Or do you want to go through life and talk about how you've been mistreated and how people haven't treated you right and how you got the bad end of the deal all the time? Come on, somebody, here tonight. God hasn't called you to be in a pity party. And God hasn't called you to be a victim. He's called you to be victorious. 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 But you will continue to stay a victim if you don't want to be made whole. You have to want to be made whole. So you got to get to a point in your life where you stop saying, nobody. There's nobody here to help me. Nobody here to get me down in that water. I just knew if I had some help. I just know I'd be healed. I just had some help, you know. But you can see the condition I'm in, you know. Well, hey, you got yourself in that condition, man. Because of your sin. And Jesus will tell you the condition He's in is because of His own sin. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. Do you want to be made whole? I'm asking every one of us here tonight, including this pastor, do you really want to be made whole? Or do you want to go through life talking about how you've been, you know, you got, you got a bad deal in life and all this, you know, feeling sorry. I don't, I want to be made whole. How many here tonight want to be made whole? Say praise the Lord. And so verse seven, the impotent man, the Bible said in one place got an infirmity. Now he's, the Bible says he's impotent. He can't he don't have power in his muscles. The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me in the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. But there's somebody always cutting me off. Somebody always jumping in front of my opportunities. Always somebody getting my opportunity, praise the Lord. Always blaming somebody else for your problem. I'm in a condition I'm in because somebody else gets in it before I do. Feel sorry for me. Watch me suck my thumb. Oh. I'm not oh come on, somebody. Don't look at me like that with that tone of voice. So the man is not only paralyzed, the man is in self pity. No man will help me. And somebody's always getting in front of me. Poor man. Bad deal. Say praise the Lord. Woe is me. Is this helping anybody here tonight? Oh, really? Really? Good. That's good, because I mean I've only preached preaching fifteen minutes if so you're already helped. I'm doing real good. There's a lot of people, no matter what you do, you can preach to them, you can pray for them, you can, you can give them spiritual, uh, uh direction and guidance in their lives, and you can fast for them, and you can do everything you can possibly, but there's some people, they're not gonna be saved, cause they don't wanna be saved. They don't wanna be delivered from their mess. They wanna stay in their mess. And once you get them out of the mess, If they can find the same old mat to lay on, they'll go back and lay on the same mat. Jesus said, Wilt thou be made whole? And then He said, Jesus said to him, Rise up, take up thy bed, and walk. I don't need the water. I don't need this pool. He is the Passover lamb. He's God come in the flesh. Now watch this. During that 400 silent years between Malachi and Matthew, there was no prophetic word from God for 400 years. It was silence. History wasn't silent. A lot of things happened between Malachi and Matthew. But in that 400 silent years, this event on Passover, once a year, the troubling of the water took place. And God was letting man know, even though there's no prophetic word coming to you, I'm still in contact with man. I still care about the condition of man. So even in the 400 silent years, when there's no word from God, there's still angels troubling the water. There's still miracles taking place because God wants them to know I'm still in contact with you. I still want to help you. I want to deliver you. Give the Lord praise in the house. I'm telling you, it wasn't a superstition. It really happened. So now God is in flesh. And God doesn't need the water. Because He is the water. He's the one that divides the waters. In Genesis, the Bible says He divides the water. That dividing of the water parallels this miracle. He's the one that made the old creation. He's the one that has come to bring a new creation. Standing right there. God personified. God in flesh. Rise up," Jesus said to him. "Rise, take up thy bed and walk." You notice, He didn't say, "Just get up, you're healed. Rise up and go." He said, "Rise up, take up your bed and walk, because I don't want you to go back and lay down." I've delivered you from that. So don't go back to it. So God's going to come to every one of you tonight. He's not just going to tell you to rise up. But He's going to say, take up your bed and walk. Don't lay down again. Don't get on that mat again. There's a lot of people. They get their miracles. They get healed. But by the next service. They're back on the grass mat again. That's why Jesus said, Do you want to be made whole? And then when he made him whole, he said, Take up your bed, don't come back here ever again. Don't lay down here ever again. Take that thing and get it out of here. You're a new man, you've been delivered, stay a new man, stay whole. You know what I'm talking about, don't you tonight? So, number one, how many of y'all want to be made whole? Notice, Jesus didn't say, do you want to be healed? He said, do you want to be made whole? Jesus is offering Him more than what the angel could do for Him in the water. Jesus said, I'll make you whole, body, soul, and spirit he said i'm going to save your soul i'm not just going to heal your body i'm going to save your soul from the power from the power of sin from the power of satan in this miracle jesus is in conflict with the power of satan and the power of sin he said i want to make you whole he doesn't just want to heal your body. He wants to make your whole body, soul, and spirit. He wants to make you sound in your emotions. He wants to save your soul. Give God praise. Jesus is offering him something more than just healing in his body. He's offering him eternal salvation. Soundness of mind. Hallelujah. How I mean, you know, you can get healed in your body, but you can be crazy. Don't, don't shout too loud. You get healed in your body, you're still crazy. You're still tormented. Are you all hearing with me right now? You get healed emotionally if your body's all racked with disease and sickness. I mean, that's not too good either, is it? See, so Jesus, when He comes, and you can be healed in your body emotionally, physically, and in your mind emotionally, and still be lost and on your way to hell. Jesus has come to save you from the powers of darkness, the powers of sin. And what He's doing for this man, He's saying, I'll do for you, old Israel. You don't have no power. You don't have strength. You're diseased in your body. Oh, hallelujah to the land. You can't see. You can't work for God. You can't walk with God. He said, this man right here is an example of what I want to do for all of Israel. Hear the Lord worship in the house. And He's the only one that can do it. And the Bible says, Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately, say immediately, the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. This was the Sabbath day healing of Jesus. And this man was told by Jesus, who's God come to flesh, to take up his bed and walk. I don't know if you understand this tonight or not, but according to their traditions, it was against the law for a man to pick up his bed on the Sabbath day and carry it. But this is a 7th day healing of Jesus. It's a Sabbath day healing of Jesus. So Jesus is telling this man to do something that's going contrary to their traditions. Give the Lord praise in the house. Which lets you know. That God today is restless. I know on the seventh day. The Bible says after he created. Uh, the old creation. On the seventh day, the Bible says, he rested from all that he had made. But that is a rest from his original creation. But after the fall of man, when man fell into sin and got disease and loss of power and loss of the ability to work for God and the ability to walk with God and the ability to see after he fell into sin, God got out of his rest and said, I've got to start working for man's redemption. Hallelujah. So since the fall of man, God has been restless. He has been restless in the sense of, I've got to help man. Man is lost. The power of sin is in his life. He's diseased. He's powerless with God. He is a wretch. He's miserable. And so since the fall of man, God has been restless restless. He rested from creation but he's restless in his work to bring redemption to mankind. Give the Lord praise in the house. And so so he's letting them know this is what God does on the Sabbath day. God works on the Sabbath day. He said, I know you don't like that. I know you have said that this man shouldn't carry his bed on the Sabbath day. But he said, I'm telling you that God himself works on the Sabbath day. He works on the Sabbath day to bring salvation to mankind. To heal them of all kinds of diseases. And to make them whole. Does that make sense? Praise the Lord. And so were that pool where they washed the lambs uh, that were sacrificed on Passover, the true Passover lamb walks up. Uh, and by His uh, death on the cross, by His sacrifice, He will redeem mankind. Uh, oh, give the Lord praise in the house. So that when Jesus hangs on the cross and he before He dies, He says, It is finished. What is finished? The restlessness of God that is working to bring redemption. Jesus said, it is finished. It's a finished work. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. And he says, what you see happening here on this seventh day miracle of Jesus, this seventh day miracle of Jesus is pointing you to the seventh day age or the kingdom age he said that's what it's going to be like supernatural the lame man shall leap as a heart the blind man shall see but right now before you get to that ultimate time of rest, He said, I'm working right now. Working right now in the fifth day and then the sixth day. Right now, I'm working to bring man to redemption. And it's all pointing to a time of completion. The kingdom of God upon the earth. When at the end of that, He will remove all sin, sickness, and disease. Give God praise in the house. It's a Sabbath day healing of Jesus. Even the name Adam and Eve have seven letters in it A-D-A-M Adam, say Adam that's the fourth day when you get to the end that's when the last Adam shows up at the end of fourth days and then you got Eve E-V-E you're in the fifth and sixth day that's the church age, that's the bride you're in the time of the bride right now you're in the time of E-V and E takes you all the way to the kingdom when Jesus fulfills everything Everything. Give the Lord praise. And so he's letting men know. Remember when Adam was created and placed in the garden. Then he fell into sin. And as a result of that sin and uh, sickness and disease and death came on the human race. But before he fell, Adam was created whole. And Jesus, when he came into the world, was the last Adam. And he was whole. Praise the Lord God. They're the only two that were ever born into this earth or ever brought into this earth. The only two that were whole. And so now Jesus has the last sentence. I'm going to restore to you what was lost in the first Adam. And that's wholeness to mankind. Oh give the Lord some praise in the house. Whoo. Glory to the Lamb. Yeah. Yes. How many of you tonight want to be made whole? And when you get made whole, you're not going to lay back down again. That's why He's come. He's come to deliver you from the powers of sin and Satan. He's come to deliver you from the effects of sin. He's a great and awesome God. I know there's a lot going on around the church, but I'm telling you what you feel here is the assurance, the assurance. God's got it all under control. I said he's got it all under control. Hallelujah. Put your faith and your trust in him. Now, I'm going to go back to something that you might not be familiar with in Psalm 38, David began to pray this psalm. This man's 38 years in that condition. And so now, I'm going to give you some history. Uh, Y'all like history? Because it's history. (coughs) A true history is history. All right. History. So now, why is it? It is so important for us to understand that this man who was impotent, powerless to walk and take up his bed, who had an infirmity which um, is connected to a sexual uh, disease, connected to immorality. Give God praise in the house. Why is that important? Because there is a ritual that was started back in the days of David. David. It is called the ritual of God's grace. When David sinned... Say with me, sinned... Against God with Bathsheba. The Bible tells us that David got a disease. And the disease is believed to have been connected to sexual immorality. That's not to say that Bathsheba gave him the sickness... Uh, I didn't say that. I didn't say Bathsheba gave him the sickness. It is believed that he gave Bathsheba the sickness. That David contacted the disease with a, from a harlot in another location. So anyway, his sexual sin, and I do believe it's connected to Bathsheba, that not that he, she gave it to him, but his sin brought it on. And so David, uh, in Psalm 38, records uh, this psalm and it would later be called uh, the psalm of the diseased the psalm of the diseased give the lord praise in the house the psalm of the Diseased. oh god is good and the 38th psalm i just read a few oh lord rebuke me not in thy wrath Neither chasten me in thy heart displeasure. For thine arrows sit fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of what? My sin. For mine iniquities are gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. And so what I need to tell you is that way back in the days of David, this pool of bethesda bethesda was connected with the ritual of god's grace it's an amazing event and what happened was the priest the high priest he would go to the river or the stream that filled the pool of bethesda the stream that filled the pool of bethesda was the stream according to historical writings that bathsheba washed in And so the high priest, uh, David is diseased in his body. And so the high priest, this ritual of God's grace started. And he would get this psalm here, Psalm 38, where David's talking about his diseased condition. Remember, the man's 38 years in his state. And so the high priest, he would get some sour wine and put it inside of a cup with some of the water that came out of the stream that Bathsheba bathed inside of. And put a little bit of that water that flowed into the pool of Bethesda and mixed it with the sour uh, uh, wine juice or the grape juice. And then he would take a cup of blood that came from the Passover lamb And that high priest would walk with the blood of a Passover lamb with a sour wine and the water from that stream that fed the pool of Bethesda. And as he walked in this ritual of God's grace, he would get to this pool. He would pour out this drink along with the blood into a hole that was close to the pool of Bethesda. And then that blood would flow into one or two of the pools that were connected there. Amen. Say praise the Lord. Hallelujah Hallelujah to the Lamb. And as He's doing this, He recites Psalm 38. Give God praise in the house. Look and He'd see where the blood and the wine would go into and He'd get a high branch, the high priest, and He would trouble the waters he would stir the waters and as he did he cried out with a voice death has passed send oh lord your angel of mercy and healing bethesda means the house of mercy so as he stirred that blood of that passover lamb in that water are y'all here tonight and he quoted Psalm 38 over it. Oh, I want you to hear it again. God is good. Whoa, oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. Send, O Lord, thy angel of mercy and healing. He stirred it like that. That's the trouble of the water. If it's not a literal angel. Oh, no, no, no. Look at what he said. He said, the high priest said, Send, O God, thy angel of mercy and healing. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. So it could be we have a, a... a grouping of two things happening here. We have the servant of God, the high priest troubling the water. And it could be that the angel at that time is sent there at that time because the high priest is calling on the angel of mercy and healing to come as he's stirring or troubling the water. Give God some praise in the house. And then after that he would lift up that high hyssop branch and he'd throw it into that water that he just got through troubling. And when it hit the water, he said, Have mercy, O Lord. And when he said that, all these people that were there on the side of the pool tried to get into that water to get healed. Give the Lord praise in the house. And 38 years after Samuel died during this very ritual called the ritual of God's grace connected to this pool of Bethesda. 38 years after Samuel died in that ritual ceremony, David was healed of his sexual immorality sin. He was healed of that disease. 38 years. So that man laying there is a picture of what happened to David 38 years after the death of Samuel. During that ritual uh, known as the ritual of God's grace. Isn't that beautiful? Hallelujah to the Lamb. And it only happened, they only did this once a year and they did it on the feast of Passover. And so now, not only do I believe that you have Uh, The possibility of an angel here. But what is happening when Jesus shows up there that day is the high priest has made his way to that pool of Bethesda where they washed the lambs before they were sacrificed. And he's going through this ritual of God's grace. Say hallelujah to the lamb. Jesus steps on the scene and he tells the man rise up take up that bed and walk rise you wilt thou yeah I want to be whole yeah you got what you got an infirmity you got an, an a, a disease called by caused by immorality oh just like David was healed 38 years after Samuel's death oh hallelujah and just like uh, when the high priest quoted Psalm 38 The psalm of the disease. Now I'm here. I'm the one who did it for David. I'm the one who showed mercy to David. But it's more than an angel. Give God praise in the house. You say, Pastor, where'd you get all of that? I got it. I got it sitting around. I just got it sitting around. I just got it up looking around up in the sky. Say, praise the Lord. God is good. Isn't he good? Through all those years of David and his sickness and disease, and then God healing David. You can read the Psalms. We went through the Psalms and we saw how God healed David of that disease. His sickness dropped straight down into the grave. God healed him supernaturally by mercy. So now that very God is walking among them in flesh. And He's the one who don't have to trouble. He doesn't need the ritual anymore. He's the fulfillment of it. He's the Passover lamb. He's the God of David. Yes, hallelujah. He's the one that will deliver men from the powers of sin and the effects of sin. He's the only one that can do it. Will thou be made whole? Take up your bed and walk. Oh, hallelujah to the Lamb. And so in closing, let's look back over there. Verse 9. Immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. See, the Jews couldn't heal the man. Praise the Lord God. Amen. They're powerless just like him. He's going to be healed because God, God does a miracle of grace and mercy. Jews therefore said unto him, that was cured. It is the Sabbath day. It is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. Really? who said say praise the Lord Jesus is God in the flesh just got through telling him to do it you're going to go against God you're going to go against the word of God it's been spoken here I'm not going to keep you too long yes I love you Lord I will tell you that what happened here this, in this sign, the Jews never forgave Jesus. This is the reason why ultimately they will hang Him up on a tree and kill Him. They wanted to kill Him right then. They would rather kill the Son of God than for the Sabbath day to be broken in their minds. You hearing me today? Give the Lord worship. But what Jesus, what God rested from was His original creation. He's restless until man is redeemed. And God is showing man what's in his heart. I want to give you rest. Take up your bed and walk. You're not going to need your own bed anymore. I'm going to give you the rest of salvation. Give the Lord praise in the house. They would rather kill the Christ of God than for their Sabbath day in their mind to be broken. Hallelujah to the Lamb. I don't believe that Jesus broke the law. I don't believe He broke the law. In their mind He thought no, he broke the law. He's the fulfillment of it. Alright, here we go. Jesus therefore said unto him that was cured, it is the Sabbath day, it is not lawful for thee to carry thy bed. He answered them, he that made me whole, say made me whole, The same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. You realize that this man, he doesn't even know who made him whole. He's just like old Israel. Wandering in the wilderness. Thirty-eight years. Five porches. They got the law. The Pentateuch. They got it. But they don't recognize the Messiah. And he's standing right there in their midst. Hallelujah to the Lamb. He's a type of old Israel. He don't even know His name. He don't know who it was that said, Rise up and take up thy bed and walk. He just says, He, he that made me whole, the same said unto me, Take up thy bed and walk. Verse 12, Then asked they Him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? Isn't that sad? Surely they know about this man for 38 years he's been on the bread program. And this man's been healed by the power of God. And he didn't have to even beat anybody into the pool that day. And he that was healed was not... Oh, where well, were well, where? Well. They asked verse 12. Then asked they him, What man is that which said unto thee, Take up thy bed and walk? And he that was healed was not who it was. For Jesus had conveyed himself away, a multitude being in that place. He didn't even know who was there that day. He didn't even know who made him whole. Did you know that this man didn't even ask Jesus for uh, Jesus to be made whole? Jesus took the initiative. And after he did it, Jesus slipped away. You know why he slipped away? Because he didn't want to bring attention to himself. You got people today, man, they're advertising their healing campaigns. Come over here. We're going to have a healing campaign. We got a healer in the house. Yeah. Jesus healed and walked off. Jesus healed and hid himself. Jesus healed and said, I don't want to be known. Give God praise in the house. Hallelujah. To the Lamb. Didn't even know it's just like Israel. Just like a lost man. Verse 14 say afterward. Jesus findeth him in the temple. Praise God. Jesus findeth him in the temple. How many people God had done so many things for them, made them whole? Some some here today made them whole. You've been made whole body soul and spirit you have some of you not all of you because all all of you don't want to be but some of you have i tell you the best thing you do whenever you get made whole is to get to the church house and show jesus christ some appreciation for what he's done for you if you can't show him if you can't show jesus christ appreciation for what he's done for you you won't appreciate anything that anybody else does for you the best thing you can do after jesus does that for you is to go to his house and to show appreciation appreciation That's right. When you went by me, I just noticed something about you. You didn't have a bed. You didn't bring it to church with you and say, I better lay back on my, my bed. Poor, poor me. I thought the Lord made you whole. What are you doing back on you? Grass mat! You're not supposed to go back to that. God. You didn't bring it back with you. I thank God for that, sister. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Give God worship in the house. Hallelujah. I tell you what I'll do. You didn't bring one, I'll make one for you whoever wants to can come lay back down. Go ahead, it's there for you. Go lay down. Be feel sorry for you. Talk about how nobody can help you. Nobody helps you get in the water. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in the house. Jesus is my healer. Jesus makes me whole. Jesus is my Savior. Stop feeling sorry for yourself. Hallelujah to the Lamb. One not for Jesus Christ, some of you would be dead in the grave right now. But He found you and He made you whole. He's the one that divided the waters in the book of Genesis. Hallelujah. He's the God. He's the God of that old creation. And He's the God of a new creation. That's what He's come to do. To so make you a brand new creation. Completely, completely regenerated. He can heal any disease. He can heal fatal disease. If you could just but believe. If you're going to the Word of God tonight. He's a healer. But he didn't call me. Up to the front. He's here right now. You just believe. I think I know why sisters running. One of the reasons why when brother first walked in this church, he's about that close to the death, to the grave. He's about that close to the grave. Look at him now. <clears throat> See, listen to me. Listen to me. God didn't just heal that man physically God made that man whole God saved him and delivered him whoa hallelujah to the lamb you know why he's here tonight and some others aren't because he wanted to be made whole he wanted he And he didn't go back to his couch once God delivered him. Hallelujah to the Lord. Watch. Jesus finds him in the temple and said unto him, Behold, thou art made whole. Sin. No. The reason you're in this situation or that you were in the situation you were in with your infirmity and your impotent condition was because sin in your life created that sickness. And I have come to defeat the powers of sin. I have come To confront satanic power. I have come. To deliver from death. And to give you power. And sight. And the ability to walk and work with. I have come. To make you whole. To restore what Adam lost. Isn't that beautiful? Give Lord praise in the house. Sin. No more. Lest a greater thing come upon you. If you go back to what God delivered you from, a greater is going to come upon you. What could be worse, church? Than to be laying on your back and to be for thirty-eight years have this disease that they said at thirty-eight, if you're not cured, there's no cure. The Jews said it. What worse condition could that man possibly be in? Jesus said, Go and sin. Don't do it, don't go back to this sin. Don't go back to sin. Don't go back to your couch. Don't you even think about backsliding? He said, because you go back to sin, a worse thing is coming on you. I delivered you, I made you whole right now. But until you walk through those gates of pearl. And until you hear those gates shut behind you, you're not secure. What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that old doctrine, unconditional, eternal security is a lie from hell. Because if you return to your sin, a worse condition than you're in is awaiting you. So, until you walk through the gates and you hear the gates shut behind you, you have no eternal security. You have security, but you don't have eternal security until the gates shut behind you. And when you hear the gates shut behind you, then you can start dancing and say, I've got eternal security. You're looking at a pastor that believes in eternal security, but it's only after the gate shut behind me, then I've got eternal security. If I go back to the sin that God delivered me from, there's something worse waiting for me than I ever experienced before. And that's a, listen to me, and that's a bed in hell. He said, you go back to that sin that God just delivered you from. He said, you'll lay down in hell and heaven will shut its doors on you because you went back." I tell you tonight as I let you go, in one, one sense, Jesus doesn't put anybody in hell. In one sense. What are you saying, Pastor? Jesus came to save you. He came to make us whole. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to make us whole. to save us. So if I die and go to hell and I lay in hell someday, it is because of my own choice to live in sin. My refusal to be made whole. Let me, let me tell you what I mean. How many of y'all know what I mean? You know what I mean? Okay, I'm not going to explain it to him. I'm going to explain You already know it. Man. I'm not You realize that sin, see, sin triggered, triggered the judgment of God on this man's life. Sin is what brought this man to that condition that he was in. And if he goes back to it, Jesus said it's going to be worse for you than it was then. He's letting you know that sin. You understand that there's a law called the law of God's divine judgment. The law of divine judgment. When you and I sin against God, we trigger that law of divine judgment. It comes on us the moment we sin against God. We bring it on ourselves. Those are not Jesus. And the ultimate says it's going to cast you into hell or somebody into hell. It is the choice of the person to go to sin, and when he does that, the law of divine judgment is instantly triggered in their life. So he's telling this man, "Don't go back to the sin, lest the worst thing come unto thee. You will trigger in your own life a bed." yourself in hell. If you end up in hell, anybody here tonight under the sound of my voice, including this preacher, preaching tonight, if we end up in hell, if we're laying in hell, it's not so much Jesus put you there, you put yourself there by going back to your sin. Going back to that bed and triggering, triggering the divine laws of judgment. That's what Jesus saying. You go speeding down the highway tonight at 100 miles an hour. And you go, whoo, like that. And you crash. Jesus didn't kill you. You triggered a law by yourself. Because you sped 100 miles an hour and you turned into the side of the bridge. Jesus didn't kill you. You killed yourself. Because you broke a law of God. The law. Amen. You know something? You know, Heidi, I know you're a pretty smart, guy. Yeah. But if I walk out, say... He shakes his head. No, yeah, yeah. If I walk out, I get on top of a, let's say, a, let me do a real big, hundred story building. Okay? It's about a thousand feet or better up in the air. And if I get out there and I think I can fly like a bird, and I walk out and I'm singing, makes a fly. Like a bird. And I step off that hundred story building. What's going to happen to me, Hayden? Splat. He says, splat. Did Jesus splat me? No. Jesus didn't splat me. I splatted myself. I broke a law. I triggered it in my life. And I killed myself. And that's what the Lord's trying to get you to see tonight. It's not always Jesus coming in and doing it. It's not Jesus sending you to hell. You are triggering, triggering in your own life judgments because of your own doing. You just keep walking. Stay whole. And when you get through the, the gates and you hear the gates go slam shut, Look behind you and then start dancing. Say, I've got eternal security now. Hallelujah to the Lamb. But until then, I always know there's a possibility to go back to the sin God delivered me from. it. if I do, a worse thing than where I was before awaits me. There's nothing worse than to make your bed in hell having been made whole before and not to make it into heaven, having been made whole in life. Triggers the divine judgment. Sin does. Sin brought David's sickness upon him. Sin, according to Jesus, brought this man's sickness upon him. It's a judgment that he triggered. That Jesus, here's the good news Jesus made him whole. Come on. You say, but Pastor, well, maybe you know I'm just sitting here. I'm really thinking about my life, and I'm thinking about maybe sin has brought the sickness in my body. It's not always the case, but sometimes it is, and it's the ultimate reason why there's sin or disease in the world. You're sitting and say, Pastor, I think maybe there's sin in my life has brought this into my body. The good news for to you tonight is that He's able to make you whole. He's able to break the powers of sin. He's able to defeat the powers of Satan. And He's able to heal you of all disease. Even if it was brought on by sin. Just don't go back. Just don't go back. Hallelujah. (sighs) That that bed, that bed, that bed. That sure felt good. There it is. Anybody want it? You didn't come up here and physically take it, but how are you going to walk out of the church tonight? Are you going to lay down on your bed that God delivered you from, or are you going to pick up that bed and say, we're not laying on it again? I'm not making excuses for myself. I'm not going to stay paralyzed, and I'm for sure not going to walk in self-pity. No man. No man. Be thankful if any man ever steps in for your need. Don't stand there and say, well, I wish I could get more help. You thank God for the help you got. (laughs) Silly (laughs) guy, well, just, just, I just had a, I've been dealt a bad hand all my life. Vice Brother Carter. You sure you want to be. I tell you, you don't. You know? Jesus. Come on, y'all hear it? Man, yeah. can I tell you something? Everybody in this church, including this pastor, at some point in your life has been dealt a bad hand. so to speak. Experience dirty deals. Dirty deals. People didn't treat you right. What are you gonna do, man? You gotta quit God, quit the church? No. Get up, live for God. Take up your bed and walk. I know, I know some of you have arrived, but I haven't. So bear with me a little in my folly. I've still gotta fight. I still gotta pray. I still gotta go to church. I got to. I want to. I'm never gonna lay down! The sister told me. She said, Patrick, she said, I got a fight in me. I pray to God she still has it. You get hit so much. Just don't quit. Don't give up. Don't lay down. Keep living for the Lord. And if you don't go back to your old ways, your old sinful lifestyles, and feeling sorry for yourself, and justifying and giving yourself a reason why, you'll hear those gates close behind you someday. And then you can dance. Eternal security now! I think I'll I'll stop almost there. Almost. But you look at this. I told you I was going to try to get you out by 9.30. I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus which had made him, which made him whole, and therefore did the Jews persecute Jesus and sought to slay him. Because he had done these things on the Sabbath day. They're going to try to kill him. He's the Christ of God. He's God coming in flesh, and they're going to try to kill him. Jesus answered them, "My Father worketh hitherto, and I work." Uh oh. Now they're going to try to kill him for a second reason. Therefore, the Jews sought the more to kill him, because he not only had broken the Sabbath, but said also that God was his Father, making himself equal with. Love you. This miracle of Jesus, brother Mark, is setting up a dialogue with a bunch of religious people. It's setting up a dialogue with people who want to kill him. You don't think he's in control of it? He's in control of it. He's creating the dialogue. Here come the Jews wanting to talk to him. He is fixing to preach them a message. I'm telling you, the homily of Jesus. Brother, he was one amazing preacher. When you see it next week, the homily of Jesus. When he preaches to these people, okay? It's going to blow your mind when he tells them. He puts them in their place. He uses their rejection and desire to kill Him to preach one of the greatest messages that's ever come out of the mouth of Jesus Christ.